Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayashir, number 246. Today we're going to talk about various uh, misconceptions that uh, married couples have pertaining to sex, pertaining to the physical intimacy, um, that by knowing what these misconceptions are and by having a realistic, healthy outlook in what to expect and what to understand, what challenges are normal to face, it will alleviate a lot of stress, a lot of heartache, and um, when these misconceptions get cleared up, um, it opens up a path uh, towards mutual understanding and working together on the issues that come up in regards to this. So the first misconception that comes up is when people have this notion in their heads married couples, that if you love each other deeply, you'll always desire each other. And um, you'll always have that sexual connection and always have that desire to be with each other physically if you love each other deeply. And this is simply a Hollywood farce. It's not real life. And um doesn't work like that. You could love each other extremely deeply, have a real deep connection, and very often are physically attracted to each other and enjoy the sexual relationship. But in many, many instances, and there'll be times in life where the desire is not strong or not there, and there's seasons and ups and downs. So if you love each other deeply, and you don't desire each other all the time, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, or it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with our relationship. Another misconception, similar, is to say it will always be easy. And that's not true. Every couple, sometimes younger, sometimes older, but the bottom line is every single married couple, at some point in their married life, will encounter some forms of, of sexual issues, physical, emotional, whatever the reasons are. And if you don't realize this coming in, and you think, you know, that everything is supposed to be smooth and easy, uh, you'll think something's wrong, something's really wrong, when in reality, there's nothing really wrong. It's normal life. And, um, you know... Don't think that you're um, something wrong with your relationship or that you're not compatible with one another just because you're facing a sexual issue or a conflict in this area between yourself and your wife or yourself and your husband. Every couple goes through these things. Sometimes it's an emotional barrier that sometimes comes up. Sometimes it's a physical, sometimes it's spiritual. It's a complex aspect, this sexual connection. And there will be issues there. And the key really is, and the most important thing is, not to panic, not to worry about it when it occurs, to realize that this is part of the normal process of life. Another misconception is when people think that sex is just for the man. It's just for his pleasure, or to keep him from sinning. And 
Truth be told, they bring rayas from it. Paspasali is the famous expression. He, he, Paspasali means that if he has a wife and he's able to have a sexual outlet in a permissive way with his wife, that does save him some from sinning. And it's brought down in the Gemaras. It says it saves him from sin and so on and so forth. So there is truth to that. But to say that sex is just for the man and that it's solely to keep him from sinning, that paspasali, so that he could be er uh, and, and put his head in the Gemara and not have you know, unhealthy sexual thoughts, that's not so. That is not the tachlis. And it's not just for the man. It's equally and sometimes even more important for the woman, for the wife to enjoy it at least as much as the man and sometimes even more. It's really for a couple. The sexual relationship is for the couple as a whole. It's not for half the couple. It's not just for the man. It's not just for the lady. And even if it's not always desired, there's a goal that both together are meant to enjoy this mutual sexual enjoyment, not that the husband gets all the enjoyment, and not just for the wife, but for both of them. And they work towards it. And even if there are tkufais, there are uh, periods in life where the desire is not there, or desire is low, or one of them has a very low libido, or they both do, it is still healthy and worthwhile to work towards developing that mutual sexual connection that creates that enjoyment, and to work on things that are holding it back. Another misconception that's important to know, it's a yesoid in life as a whole, but it's also true in this uh, dynamic, is that feelings and emotions is not an accurate compass of, of our lives. It applies to everything in life, and we talked about it. And you may not desire to have a sexual relationship at times with your husband or with your wife, but that doesn't mean that you're damaged, doesn't mean you're flawed, doesn't mean that the relationship is damaged. It doesn't mean that the relationship is flawed. And problems and differences between the libidos, between the sex drives, between a husband and a wife, and then not aligned exactly, it's not something that is to be alarmed about, and it's not something that can be fixed, nor should it be tried to fix. It is normal for one to have, generally speaking, a higher sexual interest than the other. It is perfectly normal. Because think about it for a moment. Why should sex be different than any other differences that a couple have with one another? One of them enjoys eating out. The other one does not enjoy eating out. One enjoys sports. One is totally uninterested in sports or dislikes sports. A husband loves vacations in hotels and the wife is allergic to hotel rooms and wants to work out vacations in different ways. These are normal, normal differences that they work out with each other. One of them loves to exercise and get in shape and enjoys that, and the other one dislikes it. One likes going out, the other one likes staying home. 
So all of a sudden, these are all normal differences that they work together towards working with each other. And all of a sudden, if you're not aligned perfectly sexually, all of a sudden it's a major crisis, or that it's an irresolvable problem, or that means that you're not compatible. Why so? Who says? It can be worked out, just like every issue can be worked out in marriage. And you need to be calm about it and realize, yes, it is more prevalent because it has to be an ongoing part of marriage. It's not like a vacation that you have once in a blue moon or once in a while. It it occurs all the time. But it is good. It's a beautiful part of marriage. And the fact that it requires work and the fact that it requires some effort and connection and to align their libidos with one another, that one has to give in to the other and compromise and work together to the point where they both can enjoy it immensely, that's not a major crisis. And the world is not coming to an end when one has a higher interest than the other. It's normal life. And it uh, one cons- misconception also is that sex does not necessarily have to be better the next day than it was the day before. doesn't have to be uh, a higher quality in your mind and better and more pleasurable than it was a few nights before. doesn't always have to be perfect. If this, that's the healthy, realistic approach to Anything in marriage, you have ups and downs in all areas of life. And all of a sudden, when it comes to the sexual realm, you expect there should not be ups and downs in life. It should always go up and up and up. And then when it doesn't, there's a deep disappointment. Why is it any different than any part of life? Where there's disparities and there's differences and they, they need to work with each other through it. So don't expect always that it always gets better and better and better. There's periods where it's better and periods where it's less so, but they work through it. They work through it and they make the most of it. And that's another important thing to realize and to understand. Another misconception about sexuality that's important to know is that people don't realize, especially men, that the intimacy, the physical intimacy, doesn't just entail an actual penetrative intercourse, but you, you, there's a utilization of all of your five senses. Touching, hearing, smell, seeing. All of these senses. And Shira Shirim, in many of the Psukim, talks about all five of these senses. So men uh, erroneously when they think of sex, they think of it as penetrative intercourse and period, that's it, the basic act. But the five senses are to be used. Orgasm for a man lasts maybe five to six seconds. For a woman, it could last for 12 to 15 seconds. It's not just about that. It's about the journey to that point, before it, after it, the total whole process as a whole of connecting with each other via all the five senses. And that is why a wife, generally speaking, enjoys the foreplay aspects of it. Because she appreciates more, generally speaking, the utilization of the five senses, 
of sounds of pleasant music, the wife's voice, tone of voice, the way she talks during intimacy, or him too, plays a major role in the intensity of the sexual experience. Some couples, it may be the same sexual act, so to speak, but so different because of the way they talk to each other before and after and how their voice is being used and what words are being said and how it's being said. Touch is a very important sense. Studies have shown that it, in many cases, the skin of a woman is 10, 10 times more sensitive than the skin of a man, which makes a lot of sense as to therefore why wives, generally speaking, enjoy the foreplay a lot more than men do. It feels a lot better for them. And it also explains why men sometimes feel that their wife's touch towards them is too soft and why the woman's touch towards the husband is too hard because of the difference in sensitivity in their skin, in the touch of their skin. So there's a balance and there's a care and there's a skill needed to be developed with each other. And that's part of the foreplay that men can work to touch in a lighter way that the wife would be more comfortable and find more pleasurable and the women could find ways to touch him in a way that he likes that's a little more hard and more firm and so on and so forth. Smell is an important sense in the sexual relationship as well. Whether it's perfume to be worn on special occasions, some wives may just wear special unique perfume that he, they know that the husbands like a lot on Shabbos or on Yontiv or on, a, on an anniversary. And for couples that have a non-existent sex life or, or, or it's rare or it's almost non-existent or it's mechanical or it feels like there's, it's without a connection, all these things could be still rediscovered. They could be relearned and they can be worked on as long as it's a goal between the two of them. Very often wives do desire sex. It may seem they're not interested, but they really do desire it. But they're basically telling their husbands, touch my soul before you touch my body. Sometimes it can be prior abuse that holds back a, a healthy sexual relationship that has to be worked on getting through that process of getting through the trauma of whatever that abuse was. Some people feel resistant to the fact of the fact that they feel that sex is wrong or it's wrong to enjoy yourself in that way or experiencing sexual pleasure is wrong. Even in marriage, it's wrong. I shouldn't, you know, if there's something wrong with me, if I enjoy this, I'm being more animalistic. And you need to somehow work on getting past that and realize that in marriage it's a very healthy thing. Wives can get turned on by being emotionally, that by, by having their husbands express emotional warmth towards them. That's also an important fact. And we'll continue, Bez Hashem, to talk a little bit more about this in the next year.